tongue can create problems and we can be defiled by what comes out of our mouth, particularly when we speak ill, when we gossip, when we talk about one another. And so the best advice I can give to you is if you don't have anything good to say about somebody, then don't say anything at all. But uh, when we're speaking about big mouth believers, we're not talking about believers that talk too much. But uh, to give you a picture of what we mean by big mouth believers, I need to tell you that I am originally from the state of Tennessee, which is in the south. And I used to get my fishing pool out and I would go fish in the lakes and the ponds for bass. That's what they have out there. Anybody heard of a bass before? And and, uh, I didn't have a bass boat, but some friends of mine had bass boats. But there is a type of bass that is very popular, and we refer to it as a largemouth bass, right? You've seen that before or heard that before? A largemouth bass. And when you pull it out of the water, uh, the fish is this big, and the mouth opens up so wide you can literally put your fist, your hand, down in the mouth of this bass. It's a a largemouth bass. But we're talking about big-mouth believers. Now, what does that mean? Here's the point. The largemouth bass doesn't have a big mouth to talk a lot because I've been by a lot of aquariums and I've never heard fish talking to each other. Right? So fish don't use their mouth to communicate in such a way uh, that we do. So what does the large mouth of a bass indicate? The large mouth on that fish indicate that it has a wide capacity to receive. You can put something big, as big as my fist, in that bass's mouth because it has a wide mouth and its capacity to receive is expanded. So when I talk about big mouth believers today, I'm talking about believers that learn to expand their capacity to receive what God has for them. Everybody got it? And so... Um, when uh, you have the new little baby, Eric, and you're trying to feed the baby, and uh, uh, in, in a little while you'll start to get out the little spoon, and uh, you'll jump into the uh, applesauce, and uh, you will have to teach the baby to open its mouth, right? And uh, anybody remember before the little airplane thing? Come on, open your mouth. It's got to land. It's going to be flying all day. My arm's getting tired. Open your mouth because you can't receive with your closed mouth. And you can't receive if your your mouth is not open wide enough. But when you open your mouth wide, then you can receive good things. And in this verse that we read in in Psalms, the psalmist says, I am the Lord. He's reminding us, speaking uh, as God speaking to us. Remember, I am the Lord that brought you out of Egypt. So as you realize that now, open up your mouth that I may fill it with good things. He's saying, in essence, remember that I delivered you. Remember that I set you free. Remember that I brought you out of darkness and into life. Remember that I brought you out of bondage and into liberty. And now since you remember that, please open up your mouth so that I can fill it with good things. Everybody say amen. So you have to create a capacity to receive and it's at your disposal. It's, it's, uh, it's according to how... 
wide you open your mouth that determines whether you can receive something or not. That's why the, the Lord was saying through the psalmist, open your mouth, enlarge your vision. Now, I've shared this with you here before, but the Bible teaches that what measure you give, that's the measure it comes back to you. But I also believe that the Bible teaches that you receive God's blessing based on your capacity to receive it. If all you bring is a cup, then that's all you're going to get. If you bring a bucket, you can get a bucket full. If you bring a 50-gallon barrel, then you can get 50 gallons worth. If you have a space that's as big as a barn then you can get a barn full of God's blessings. You may be thinking, what in the world are you talking about? What I am referring to, the way that you make space, the way that you make a place for God to bless you is through believing. That means if you can, if you have space to believe for a cup full, that's how much blessing is coming. But if you have space uh, to believe, uh, you create space by believing. If you can believe for a bucket full, then God can give you a bucket full. But you are the one who is responsible for determining how big your mouth uh, is going to be. He doesn't say just open your mouth. But he said, open wide your mouth. And those that write about this passage say that it's like the chicks that are waiting in the nest for breakfast from their mom. They're sitting there with their mouths open wide because they expect that something is coming their direction. And as believers, we've got to have that same faith that the little chick does that says, Mama's out getting the the early bird, getting the worm. And I believe that something good is coming. And the Lord says, open wide your mouth. Enlarge your vision and your expectation because negative and pitiful thoughts create a mouth that's barely open. If you're not expecting God's favor, if you're not expecting a healing, if you're not expecting God to bring a break into your life, a, a good thing into your life, uh, then, it, then the chances of it coming are very slim because He can only bring blessing to an open mouth. Uh, he can o- only bring blessing to somebody that's believing for it uh, and expecting it. Uh, and people of God today, I want to challenge you right now to open your mouth, uh, create a space uh, for God to pour out uh, on you His favor and His blessings. Because in the Bible, we see Jesus many times say, according to your faith, be it unto you. What does that mean? That means in accordance with, or however your faith is, that's how the blessing comes, according to your faith. So your faith is, you know, you use the equals, like uh, 3 plus 4 equals 7. So what is it? The capacity of your faith equals the blessing. According to your faith, be it unto you. God's not limited. He's got plenty. Amen? The only limitation for His blessings on your life is whether you can open your mouth wide in expectancy, if you can create a space that's big enough for what it is that you need. You're the one. I can't do it for you. I wish I could. 
I wish I could come pry your lips apart and open your mouth up wide. But you're the one that has to determine whether or not God's going to be able to work in your, on your behalf. And it all starts with your capacity to receive. And the problem is, I know, when you've been living for a while, you've been a Christian for a little bit, you've been through discouraging situations where prayers weren't answered the way that you expected and you'd kind of hoped and it didn't happen the way that you had hoped. And sometimes you will then give up on your dreams and just settle for where it is that you are right now. But I want to challenge you today to open your mouth back up again, to believe, amen, that God's blessings are coming your direction again. See, there was a lady in Second Kings that was a widow woman, and she was going through a tough time, uh, and uh, she had a lot of bills. Anybody relate to that? She had lots of bills, and she didn't have enough money left at the end of the month to take care of the bills. In other words, she had month left at the end of the money. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like uh, March the 28th, April the 28th, and, and the account's getting down close to zero. And you still got a couple bills and you, and you don't have groceries. You know what I'm talking about? This was where she was. But she was in a bad situation and didn't have enough money. And the creditors were coming and they were hounding her. And the difference between then and now is that uh, if you owed somebody money, they could come take your kids and put them in jail till you pay that money. So it was a bad situation, right, that she was in. And she went to the prophet of God. And the prophet of God received a word from the Lord and told her, Send your boys out and go borrow vessels in the neighborhood. From all the people around, he said, Borrow not a few. You know why? Because the prophet had some kind of an inkling that the level of space for the miracle was going to determine the size of the miracle. The capacity to receive was going to determine the amount of the miracle that was coming. So he said, don't limit yourself by your capacity to receive. Don't limit yourself with a barely open mouth, but open your mouth all the way up and get as many vessels as you can. And those of you that know the Bible story know that when uh, she took the little cruise of oil, which was all that she had left, uh, just a small container of oil, and begin to pour it into these containers uh, where the, the precious oil, that it did not stop, that it continued pouring. It was a creative miracle that took place. And I want to tell you today that we serve a God who is not bound by the space of the container that the miracle starts in. He's not bound by things that we are bound by, but the miracle continued flowing. And the first vessel was filled up. Look at this. The the first vessel's filled up. How can you fill up a vessel with a half-empty cruise? But he goes to the next vessel, and it doesn't stop. The creative miracle is continuing. It's pouring. Praise God. And he goes to the next one until every single vessel that they brought into the house was filled up, and then the miracle stopped. I want to make sure you understand what I'm saying today. And that is that the ladies and the family's capacity to receive determined the magnitude of the miracle. And I want to tell you today that your ability to believe is what creates a space for God to begin to work in your life. He wants to work on your behalf, but it's only according to your faith. She determined. How much oil she would have. It wasn't up to God. It was up 
to her. And you don't have to worry about how he's going to do it. It's not your job to figure it out. That's God's job. Your job is to believe. Amen? I want some people to begin to believe here today that what God's promised, he's able to perform. Amen? And I I, uh, read this story. Maybe you read it before about a man that was catching fish. And uh, somebody else was on the bank with him, and he was pulling in these fish. And the little fish he would keep, he would put into the cooler there. But the, when he'd catch the big fish, which are exciting if you've ever been fishing before, because they fight a little bit more, and you bring them in, you're like, look at that thing in the water, it's huge! And, and you finally bring it in, and, and you hope that you don't break the line, you bring it in. And each fish that was big, he took the hook out of the mouth, and threw it back into the water. And so finally the person said, what are you doing? Why are you throwing back the big fish and keeping only the little fish? And he said, well, uh, the, the problem is I only have a 10-inch frying pan. That's all I got. And so I, I can't use these big fish because they're too big to fry in the frying pan. So he kept throwing back the big fish and keeping the little fish. What is that? Fry- that frying pan is the capacity, right? And so there's some people. There's some people who won't even believe for big opportunities because you've lived your whole life with a 10-inch frying pan, and your mom and dad lived with a 10-inch frying pan, and you watch grandma and grandpa live with a 10-inch frying pan, and you think that that's all that you can have, and you can't even believe for something else. Uh, I'm telling you right now, it's time to get rid of the 10-inch frying pan and get one of them big suckers, uh, because God's got big fish in your future if you can believe. Praise God if you can believe and make a space. Come on, somebody, make a space. You can only do it in your thinking. It's in your thinking. You've you got to change the way that you think. You can't think little fish anymore. You can't think miserable, pitiful, me, oh, my. It's a generational curse. Grandpa, Daddy, now me. This is my lot in life. If that's the way you're thinking, then that's going to be your lot. You're going to have to throw back the big fish. But if there's some people in this house today that can believe He can do all things. I can do all things through Christ. I can endure tough times. I can go through blessing. I can be abased. I can be blessed. I can do all things. I refuse to have small negative thinking that limits what God can do in my life. So make room for increase. I believe God wants to bless you. I believe God wants to bless you. I believe God wants to bless you spiritually. I believe God wants to bless you financially. I believe God wants to bless you in your relationships, in your family. Come on, somebody. I believe God wants to bless you with good health. But you've got to make space for the blessings of God. If you've got a miserable, pitiful, hopeless mindset, you've got a 10-inch frying pan. God wants to grant you increase, but He can't grant you increase if you go around with that 10-inch frying pan mentality. You've got to reject that mentality because God has big things in your future. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, the NIV 18 and 19, says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which 
He has called you. Open the eyes of your heart and be enlightened so that you can know the hope that He's called you to. The riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people. That means God has got unimaginable, incredible riches to those uh, who are heirs of salvation. But He's like, I'm begging you to open your eyes. I'm praying that your eyes would be open and you would be enlightened uh, to the magnitude of God's blessings uh, that He has for His holy people. And in in, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength. I, the, the Apostle Paul said, I'm praying for you folks. And I'm going to join the Apostle Paul today. I'm praying for you folks that, 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 that something would happen inside of you, in the eyes of your heart, that they would be enlightened. And you would begin to understand how big of a God you serve and how powerful he is and how much might he has and how much he desires, amen, to bring blessing, spiritual blessing, even material blessing into your life. I want you to open up your eyes and believe what God can do for you. For you. And notice it says the incomparable great power for us who believe. The power is for the believer. The power is for the believer. Mark eleven twenty four. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. When you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And he's like, oh, I've read this before. I know you've read it before. I have too. I've preached it before. But I'm going to preach it again. Because the Bible says, if you believe, you shall receive. So believe is what creates the capacity for receiving. Believing is what opens your mouth. To receive good things from the Lord. If you do not believe, if, you're, if you have an evil heart of unbelief, you have a closed mouth and no good things are coming your direction. But the Bible says when you pray, if you believe, ye shall receive. I know it's simple. I know it's elementary. I know you're like, ho-hum, I've heard this before. But I just need to remind you that if you're not believing, that's why you're not receiving. If you've lost faith and you just kind of settled for where you are spiritually and settled for where you are in life and and aren't believing for the favor of God to be upon you, then don't be surprised if it is not upon you because the key word is the power of God is released to them that believe. So the all-powerful creator, the omnipotent creator, is wanting to release healing and favor and promotion restoration and blessing into your life and the only catch is this you have to believe i know this seems so simple but look at jesus he's just like if you believe all things are possible to him that believeth according to your faith be it unto you this is the message of jesus christ and it still applies to us today quit coming up with five reasons why it will not happen but start responding by lord i believe I don't understand how it's going to happen. I don't understand how you're going to do it. But Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. And uh, Jerry's daughter, he came to Jesus. 
said, can you come heal my body? She's, my daughter, she's very sick. But while they were on the way, Jesus worked a couple of other miracles, and the people showed up and said, don't bother the master anymore. Uh, she's dead. And the Lord said to Jairus, he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Turn to somebody, look at him, wink at him, and say, only believe. That's it. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Only just believe. Get your mind going in the right direction. Only believe. Get your mind going in the right direction. Now, we're coming into the time of year where your thermostat is going to become important, right, in your household. The thermostat is critical. Now, if you're from St. Louis, thermostat's important year-round, right? (laughs) So what is it? The difference between a thermostat and a thermometer is a thermometer determines the temperature of the room. It tells you what it is. And so I came into the house last night. The thermostat was not turned on, and the thermometer said it was 80 degrees in the house. And that's a little bit hot to sleep in, you know what I'm saying? Like all sticky and writhing around in sheets and like, uh, you know, come out looking like Lazarus and grave clothes and whatnot. All sweaty. So, so I went and I adjusted the thermostat. I put the thermostat at 74 degrees. I would put it at 72, but I'm trying to save a little money. You know what I'm saying? Put it at 74 degrees. And then the unit kicked on, but it was still 80 degrees. It was still 80 degrees. But I went to bed and relaxed because I knew that I had set the thermostat. And eventually, the reality is going to match my expectation. But reality isn't moving until I set my expectation. And I'm telling you where you set your expectation is in your mind. That's why spiritual warfare takes place in the mind. That's why the the devil sends fiery darts to your mind. Because you set the expectation by creating a capacity through faith and believing. And you know what? Here's the cool part about learning how to walk in faith. Is you can go chill when it's still 80 degrees. And no, it may take 20 minutes. It may take an hour. It may take an hour and a half. But eventually, reality is going to meet my expectation. Some of us uh, get frustrated when reality doesn't immediately match up with our expectation and we quit expecting, we stop using the thermostat. The only thing that can change your situation is the thermostat, and that is believing and faith. Don't give up and don't quit, even though your reality seems like it's not shifting yet and it hasn't changed yet. If you keep the thermostat set, eventually, praise God, the temperature is going to come down. And some of you are in a tough situation in your life right now tough financial situation maybe issues at home with your family relationships maybe your kids are doing stuff you never imagined that they would do but you're believing that they're going to be blessed of god you're believing that they're going to have a heart for god you set the thermostat right there and you keep it right there and you speak it and you believe it even when the reality is a long way from your expectation. Keep the thermostat set. Praise God. Because that's what gives God a place to work. You're setting your mind right. That's a powerful AC unit. But it won't work until you set the expectation and keep it set. 
Praise God. So I'm challenging the people of God to believe that God is able. He's done it in the past. He'll do it again. I brought you out. Open up your mouth. I'm going to fill it with good things. God wants to bless believers. God wants to bless His people. That they can be an example to the unbeliever. Come on. Not just financial, but He wants to bless you all the way around. You've got to open your mouth, though. You've got to make space for it. You've got to believe. The only way is to believe. I love it when uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. I always wondered before, like, is is a linking verb, right? So it's supposed to link the subject with something that describes or modifies the subject. It tells us about the subject. So it should say, we must believe that God is strong. God is powerful. God is a deliverer. God is a healer. But it leaves it blank. Must believe that God is, uh, no word. And that He is, you know why? Because God is whatever you need Him to be. Hallelujah. If you believe in God, you can fill in the blank. He can be your advocate. Uh, He can be your vindicator. Come on, someone. He can be the one that meets your needs and provides and heals uh, and delivers uh, and is your source of revival in your family. I just ride this surfboard a little longer. Moses said, if I'm going to go before Pharaoh, who shall I tell him hath sent me? Who, who am I going to say sent me? Is it Zeus? Is it Baal? Is it Ashtaroth? Give me your name. When he asked me, what should I say? And, and, and God said, tell him, I am hath sent you. And, and I can just imagine Moses thinking, I am who? I am what? I am. Now, we know he's talking about the self-existent one. But I think it's awesome that, that once again, you've got a linking verb with a blank. Because Jehovah is Jehovah Jireh when you need provision. And He is Jehovah Rapha when you need a healer. He is what you need Him to be. And I want somebody today to begin to believe that whatever I need Him for, Jehovah's my healer. Jehovah is my deliverer. Jehovah's my encourager. Jehovah is the lifter of my head. He said, I am. You fill in the blank. Oh, come on, someone praise Him right now. When you believe God, He becomes whatever you need Him to be. If you're weak and you need strength, come on, some of you are there right now. Spiritually, you're struggling, you're wondering how you're going to make it through. Some of you are looking for somebody else to come up and grab you. Is pastor going to come pray for me? If he don't pray for me, I think I'm going to give up. Somebody needs to put strength in the blank. God is my strength. He's going to bring me strength. Jesus is going to encourage me when I'm weak. You need physical healing. God is your healer. If you need favor, that means there's a job that's opening. You need that job. And you're one of the candidates and you need favor. God can be a way maker for you. 
He can bring restoration into your life. He can bring vindication when you've been falsely accused. Whatever you need Him to be, He will be if you are a believer. You need to set your mind, set your thermostat on the promises of God. Set your, set your thermostat on faith, restoration, healing, and victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, sometimes you're believing and the situation gets worse. And you're like, now it's getting really hard to believe. Now my mouth's kind of going closed. You know, you're like, "Uh." my mouth's still open, sort of. Didn't come, didn't happen. Well, we're not the first one, okay? In fact, Mary and Martha had sent for Jesus because their brother Lazarus was sick. And they knew that Jesus had some all kind of supernatural power. They'd seen it, they'd been there, they saw the miracles, they heard about them. And so they're like, Send for Jesus. Send for Jesus. If anybody can help Lazarus, it's Jesus. They sent. They had him come. Their mouths were wide open. And they were believing for a miracle of healing. And what happens is, in the delay, Jesus, in the delay, Lazarus died. And all of a sudden, their mouths just kind of went, oh. And they still believed Jesus had power. But they were disappointed. Anybody been disappointed before? Oh, yeah, we've all been disappointed before. But what we need to understand is that sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer because He's got a different plan. (laughs) In fact, when they came to Him and told Him that Lazarus was dead, in the physical, He wept. But then He said, Lazarus is dead and I'm glad. That doesn't make sense, right? On one hand, he's weeping, but on the other hand, he said, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad. You know why? Because they were believing for a healing, but Jesus had planned a resurrection. Watch out when you get disappointed, because there may be something really good coming along. Just keep your mouth open. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've got the testimonies. You were believing for that job. You were praying. You even fasted. You're like, I wasted that fast. Because they gave that job to somebody else. God didn't answer my prayer and I had a headache for nothing. I missed my Starbucks fix for nothing. Some know what I'm talking about. Disappointed, discouraged. And then, you ever seen this happen before? And then three weeks later... God opens a door for the right job. Come on, somebody. You've got to keep believing. You've got to understand sometimes you're praying for a healing. God wants to do a resurrection in your life. I, my wife remembers how discouraged that I was when we had made a proposal to the city of Monrovia to continue using the Mary Wilcox Center. And I had all my hopes wrapped up in that proposal. 
man, I dolled that thing up so pretty. I made it so appealing to them. And I was like, there's no way. Especially if I give them, if I flash my whites at them, there's no way they can turn this down. And guess what they did? They did not even respond to it. Can you believe it? They didn't even tell me yes or no. They just ignored it. And I'm like, God's mighty man of faith and power doesn't have so much faith and power no more. But guess what? We're not at the Mary Wilcox Center today. We're right here today. Some of you are praying for a healing and God's got a resurrection for you. Some of you are praying and believing for something and God's got something even better. I wonder if you can trust God when He doesn't answer it your way that He's going to answer anyway. Come on, somebody. Praise Him right now that God is able. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It's according to your capacity. Now, there's one thing that I noticed when God gave Noah the plans to build the ark, that he gave him the specific dimensions of the ark. Did you know that? How many cubits long? How many cubits high? How many stories? The exact dimensions. But then he just said, put in a window and put a door in the front. Because the window is what gives you vision, allows you to see. And the door is represents revival about those that are going to be saved and come into the ark. So what I get from that is God gives us a specific plan of salvation. We can't mess with that, right? The plan for revival, the plan for deliverance and redemption of souls is pretty plain and clear in Scripture. We're all about the gospel. We're all about seeing people born again of the water and the Spirit that's the Bible way. That's what we do, right? That's the thing that we do. It's like you may have seen that uh, a commercial that uh, cats ignore people. That's what they do, right? What do we do? We see people saved through the power of the gospel, the new birth experience. That's what God mandated. That's what we do. But he never gave them the dimensions of the window or the door. What he was saying, in essence, is you get to determine how big your vision is, and you get to determine how big the revival is going to be. You make the capacity, and you make the opening. And I want to talk to Life Church today. Are there some people that can believe with me for big things, that can believe that God is going to do exceeding abundantly above what we're able to ask or think? And I'm not coming with a cup. I'm not coming with a bucket. I'm not coming with a barrel. But I'm coming with a bar. Believing that God is able to do it. God's put it in my spirit that revival at Life Church is getting ready to happen, not person by person, but family by family. Can you believe that? God can save an entire family? When I was praying uh, the other night, I felt this, and we shared this in prayer meeting last night. I also believe that God wants us to expand our vision to believe, not just person by person, not just family by family, but entire swaths of ethnic groups, which means one person is going to come into the church and represent not only their family being saved, but a number of people within their ethnic group. Because there are so many different ethnicities that are around us that need the gospel, that need new birth, that need deliverance. Come on, someone. The Holy Ghost is not just a white, black, and Latino thing. 
It's an everybody thing. It's a Middle Eastern thing. It's an Asian thing. It's a worldwide thing. It's for everybody that's got a soul. Come on, somebody. And we need to believe for big things that God is able to do. Come on, somebody. Can you rally with me? Can you believe with me that all things are possible? Praise God. Why don't we stand together right now? Hallelujah. So the question that I have today is what do you have faith for on this Sunday? What do you believe in God for? Maybe you're like the woman with the issue of blood. She believed and she could envision. She created space in her faith to believe that she would see a day when not another dollar would have to be spent on doctors in her life. She set the thermostat. She said, I believe one of these days I'm not going to have to go to the doctor anymore. Come on, somebody. Can, can you believe that? Anybody tired of going to the doctor over and over again for the same thing? One thing after another? Can you picture it? Set the thermostat right now. I know your reality right now is you're in pain. You're sick. You're struggling with it. And you got doctor's bills as a result. But I want somebody to slide the thermostat over to a day where you get up and you're feeling good. And you don't have to go to the doctor. Praise God. And you don't have to spend money. She had the issue of blood for 30 years. She spent everything trying to get it fixed. But she still had capacity to believe. So I'm wondering, are you here today? Can you believe? Can you see a day that's pain-free? Can you see? Can you believe with me for a day when you don't have to spend money on physicians uh, any longer? The leper believed to see one day when he could walk back into his home and feel the warmth of a family that had not seen him in a long time. Is there anybody that can believe that God can do? Jarius believed to see that there would be just a word uttered from the lips of Jesus that would send healing to his daughter that was near unto death. All you have to do is believe, and all things are possible to them that believe. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, but in 2015... You can't be measly-mouthed, doomsday people. The whole world's going to pot. Everything's going downhill. It's time for people of faith to say, I believe. To simply believe. I, see, I believe that before you leave this service here, you could be touched by God. I believe before you leave here today, somebody can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe that somebody can be healed right now. If you've got pain in your body right now, get up here to the front right this minute. In Jesus' name. Come on, there's a miracle getting ready to happen in this place right now. In Jesus' name. God told me to do this. God told me just to step out in faith and speak faith into people's lives and situations. These people have pain in their body right this very minute. I want some people of God, some people of faith to get behind each one of these right now. In Jesus' name, somebody that believes with me. You're believing with me right now that a person that is in pain can leave here today completely pain-free. That they can be completely pain-free within the next few moments right now. All right, now here, right over here in this, this section. I want somebody who needs a miracle 
either in your family or in your finances, you need a miracle. This is like you need God to step in. It's a family, finances, job situation. Come up here right now. Come up here right now because God's getting ready to work on your behalf. Family finances. And over here, on this side, I want people to come right now who need a miracle in your personal life. You're struggling maybe with an addiction. You're struggling with depression, despair, discouragement. You need God to be that in your life. I want you to come forward right now. If, if you uh, haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you've got an addiction, if you need God's blessing to come and encourage you, I want you to come up here right now. Come on, that's it. Come on, come on, come on. That's all right. Come on. Because God's getting ready to work in this place. But you've got to create space. And by coming forward, you're already beginning to create space. And you're beginning to open up your mouth. But I want somebody right now in this place to begin to believe with me that what God has promised, He is going to perform. That there are miracles of healing that are going to be released in this house today. And it's going to be according to your faith. Do you believe? Do you believe? <laughs> Ezekiel walks out into a valley of dry bones. It was an old battlefield where soldiers had been taken down and were left lying there. Now their flesh had been devoured by beasts, and the sun's bleach, or the bones bleached in the sun until it was nothing but a pile of disconnected bones. God brought Ezekiel out there and said, Do you believe that these bones can live again? Do you believe? I'm not asking you, do you know how it's going to happen? I'm not asking you, do you know what's going to bring it together and and what the process is going to be? All I'm asking you, Ezekiel, is do you believe that these bones can live again? That's all I want from you is do you believe? (laughs) So my question today right now is, do you believe? You don't have to know how it's going to happen, what process God's going to use, whether it's going to be wind blowing or whether the bones are going to crawl over and begin to stick together. The question is, do you believe? And Ezekiel said, Lord, thou knowest, which means if you say so, I believe whatever you're going to say. So the question today is, do you believe? believe because all you have to do is say Lord I believe Lord I believe say it and in your spirit in your spirit that's been crowded out by unbelief and fear and despair suddenly an opening is going to begin to appear The unbelief is pushed back and an opening begins to appear. What is that opening? It is a capacity. You're opening your spirit. You're opening your mouth. You're making space for a miracle on your inside. So right now begin to say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Now once you lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, i got some believers up here that aren't tight-lipped believers, but they're big-mouth believers. 
They're opening up their mouth because they believe you're going to fill them with good things. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for blessing to come into households. Higher power, darkness cannot. 
What we're doing is we're making space right now. We're setting the thermostat. Now I'm going to encourage somebody not to just set the thermostat here in the altar and then go back and lose all hope. When your reality doesn't match what you're believing God for. Even in the midst of pain, I want you to be able to see through the eyes of faith. 
Jesus said to Doubting Thomas, He said, you, you believed after you saw, but there's a special blessing coming to those who can believe without seeing. And that's what faith is. Faith is not getting excited after you experience the outcome. But faith is making space for the miracle, even when all the evidence looks otherwise, even when your reality looks otherwise. So I want somebody to begin to exercise and walk in faith. Can you picture yourself completely free from that addiction and it no longer messing with your family anymore? Can you picture yourself having victory over those anger issues? Can you picture yourself being completely free from all resentment that you've been holding? That's where you're going. That's where God wants you to be. Can you imagine yourself pain-free? Imagine yourself walking complete liberty from sin. That's the thermostat. And I want you to walk out of here and I want you to live in faith. And just believe. I don't have to make this happen. i got to make space for it, though. And the only way I can make space is push doubt and unbelief out and begin to believe that God is able. Oh, you'll stumble again a couple times. Probably. But I'm challenging you today. Set the thermostat in your mind. Speak faith. Don't let negativity come out of your mouth. Because God said, I already delivered you. Already you set you free. I already brought you out of Egypt. Now just open your mouth. Because good things are coming. To those anybody got an open mouth here today? Anybody got an open spirit? Anybody believe in making space for God to do? And only He can do. Some of you I just need to say this as well. God wants to use you powerfully in ministry. There's some people here that God wants to use powerfully in ministry. But the enemy has effectively caused you to close ranks on those parameters for the miraculous. In essence, there's no space for it anymore in your thoughts and your beliefs. Because of your own mistakes, shortcomings, failures, disappointments, you name it. We've all been there before. God wants to use you in a powerful way. You've got to make space in your faith that God can do this for me. And Brother Michael, come share with us, Michael. Just in a couple minutes. This is an, uh, a fairly new believer. Just got baptized, what, a year ago now? A year ago. So he's had stumbles in the meantime, like all of us. But he's hungry for God. And after last week, he was we preached on hunger. So he's like, let's do something. So, last week, Pastor Brown spoke a wonderful message about hunger for God and about exercising your faith so that the signs, miracles, and wonders can take place in our church and in today's society, just like we read about in the book of Acts during the times of the early church. And this week, God dealt with me personally like I've never experienced before. After the message, I felt... I felt my faith lifted. I felt a little bit challenged, to be honest. And I made an agreement with God. And I, I said, God, I want to have a love encounter with you like I've never experienced before. 
the spoken word was so powerful. It just it just touched me on a deeper level like it never has before. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday went by. I did the usual routine. I prayed. Uh, I read, but nothing like I wanted. Nothing like how I pictured it Sunday after the service. So I made a decision Wednesday night that I would get up early morning Thursday. And for those of you that know my dad, he wakes up super early. Like what most people think two hours, what most people think is early. He's up two hours before that. And I'm walking to my back house and I'm like, my dad's still asleep. Like, God, what are you getting me into? So I'm walking to the back house and I'm tired. But I remember that hunger that was bursting inside of me Sunday after service. And I read nothing spectacular happened, but I prayed just like how I usually do. And I'm praying and I'm praying. Nothing spectacular, you know, uh, but I continue. You know, when God gives you a vision and a hunger inside of your heart, no matter what happens, you keep that with you. And you keep on going to what you get exactly what you need. Come on, bro. So I remember that and I kept on going. And as I was praying, this verse came to my head. It's almost like if God took a box and like placed it right in my head. It was so perfect. And it said, knock and he will answer. Very simple. So as I was praying, that verse just kept, kept on coming and I kept on repeating it and repeating it. And then I went into like the clouds. It was just me and this random door. I could like see it right now. It was just me and this door and this Bible verse. And I knocked. So simple, but I knocked and nothing happened. I knocked again, nothing happened. I knocked harder, nothing happened. I remember Pastor Brown said that God is looking for someone to bother him. So I thought, okay, boom, 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 boom. I knock and finally the door opens and I just snap into this perfect zone it's just the door opens and I don't see God I don't see him face to face and I don't get a spoken word but I get this beautiful massive light that just shines everywhere it's almost as if I was in heaven and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced before in my life it was exactly what I got that one day that I said God I want that so I get this massive light and all of a sudden it comes inside of me and I just respond like any humble child of God will respond. I just cry and I can't, I can't contain it. God's mercy and his power and his love is so powerful. I just, God, I just, tongues began to, to, to flow and, and, and all the pain that I was going through just came out. And God, just, God just changed my life forever. And it's things like that, that love encounter, that one love encounter, all you need for lives to be changed. One love encounter, one little simple thing like that can change your life forever. And because of this because of this awesome thing, I really felt God place something in my heart. And people go on saying um, they have their story, they have their thing to to give to the world. And I really felt that God placed in my heart that there's so many people outside of this world that are hungry for God and that are going through things. Every single person, no matter the front that we put up, is going through something. And I feel that God just wants everyone to know 
if you would only imagine what I have for you on the other side of the door. Your blessing, your miracle, your spoken word, whatever it is that you're struggling for, whatever it is that you've been asking for all these years, it's there. But just like Pastor said, you have to create that expectation. You have to, you have to eliminate that 10-inch frying pan. You have to go into a deeper level like you've never had before. And your minds will be blown. Your lives will be changed. God is outside time, matter, and space. So our expectations can't even comprehend what he has in store for us. God bless you. Amen. Let's thank God for that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Beautiful. The cool thing is, is you don't have to be in a church service. The band doesn't have to be playing. There doesn't have to be 30 people praying for you. You can go into that secret place, have an encounter with God that will be more powerful than anything you can ever imagine. He's waiting for you. Amen. He's waiting for you, somebody. He's waiting for you. So I encourage you to enjoy that time with Jesus this week. God bless you. Uh, You are dismissed in the name of the Lord. We continue Tuesday night finishing up our study on Genesis, the story of Joseph. I would like to ask you to... uh...